Welcome back in to the SCJ Prep Podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm Zach James. Thank you so much for listening with us uh, this week. Alongside is, as always, it's Sports Editor Justin Rest. And coming up in this episode, we'll hit up on some of the big games coming up this week, talk about the poll a little bit, and then we'll get you in and out real quick uh, this week as it's the penultimate week of the uh, high school football season in, in the Siouxland. Let's jump right into it here and talk about the Metro games coming up this week, the ones that we're focusing on this week. The game I will be covering on Friday night will be Sergeant Bluff Luton at Bishop Heelan at Memorial Field. That'll be on Friday night at 7 o'clock, right right on Hamilton Boulevard. It's a rivalry game, so it should be interesting to see how that game unfolds. But just the way I see that game unfolding, it comes down to Heelan's defense. And I know I talked about them a lot on last week's Facebook Live, but Keelan's defense has to figure a few things out, especially against a really, really uh, potent uh, Sergeant Bluff offense that has no problem scoring at times. Yeah, Keelan's defense has struggled the last couple of weeks. Uh, Spencer really got on them the first half this week. The, la- the week before that, Stormlight got some good points on them in the second half, so um, it, it's going to be some trouble for Keelan. In terms of Sergeant Bluff's offense, Tyler Smith had seven combined touchdowns last week. Threw for six touchdowns, ran for another. So the sophomore quarterback's really finding his stride. Yeah. He has weapons all around him with Caden Help, um, Ashton Verdorn, Jacob Emming, um, um, Vince Lowey is, is is starting to really come forth. So he's got a lot of options offensively, and he's getting time. So Tyler Smith is really thriving in this offense. He's a sophomore, really, really, you know, hitting his mark. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it, they've got to get a pass rush on Tyler Smith, but Tyler Smith has shown good mobility. So, you know, that, that's going to be really hard to top, stop Tyler Smith. And Simon Bufflin's defense has been making the stops when they've needed to um, and such. And, and Heelan's offense has been struggling as well. So it's not a good combo. Sergeant Buff is playing really well right now. And, yeah. yeah. But, but it is a rivalry game. Last year, Heelan played Sergeant Bluff closer than a lot of people did last year. So it is a rivalry game. So I, it, it could be closer than what people think. We'll, we'll see, just just because that rivalry has. Yeah, that, he, that Heelan turf magic almost worked against the East. So we'll see if it does against Sergeant Bluff. And hope, hopefully it turns out to be a really good game on Friday night uh, at Memorial Field. If you want to follow me on Twitter throughout the game for in-game updates, in case if you can't go or don't want to go, uh, follow me on Twitter at Zachary W. James. And, of course, we uh quick recap about it in Saturday's paper. Then I'll come back with a follow uh, coming up in Sunday's paper. Barry Poe will be on the South Dakota side of the Metro this week as Dakota Valley hosts Dell Rapids. And if the games are just mounting in terms of importance, Justin, for Dakota Valley, and this week is no different. Yeah, Dell Rapids um, took down Madison, so that moved Dell Rapids to the number two spot. Uh, Dakota Valley has won three straight games up to the number four spot. Another tough game for them as well. This is going to be probably their second toughest game of the year right now. I, I know that replacing Madison being the second toughest. So it's going to come down to if Dakota Valley can score enough points. Because I believe, you know, they play about the same style of offense. So Dakota Valley's defense has been good the last few weeks. So. <laughs> Uh, if they can find a way to score points, Kobe June has been so good for them. He's got a majority of their touchdowns, though, so they need to find a little extra aspect to the offense uh, than Kobe June, but uh, he's such a playmaker. But Tommy Nichols has been, been reeling off some good yards when he gets the ball, too, and Chance Montague has been good on the ground as well. So we'll see if they can add a little extra dynamic to it. They don't pass too much. 
Here it is, Del Rapids. So it's going to be a lot of running. Um, it's going to be, you know, what defense steps up. And Del Rapids has been playing very consistent defensively throughout the year. So Dakota Valley needs its offense to step up in this game. So I believe the, the defense will step up as it has been. As Coach Vander, uh, Jeff Vandenhall said, you know, they're getting better week by week. He doesn't feel the team has hit their potential on both sides of the ball yet. And, you know, he's hoping this is the week they do it. Let me go back to Kobe June for a second. He's a Metro athlete of the week this week. Very well-deserved honor for, for June. What was the thing that stood out, stood out to you as you talked to him over the weekend? What, what's, what did he say that stood out to you that impressed you about uh, that young man? You know, honestly, it's just just how, how he credited the offensive line for that two-point conversion, how he feels that the, the team can still has, way, has really bounced back well. and He just – you know, it was more more what Jeff Fanel had to say that the, he's held, he, he's really been able to handle the extra workload. And Kobe June said he put in the extra time in the offseason to really be able to handle the extra workload. He was getting about five ten carries last year, and now he's getting about fifteen twenty carries a game. So he, he's got the added workload, and he's one hundred and seventy pounds, and he's he's really held up very well for for the Panthers. Yes, very much so. Uh, other games in the Metro, Bennington faces South Sioux, North and West on Thursday night. I don't remember who each plays off the top of my head. What do you Fort think? Dodge. Fort Dodge. That's right. That's right. The second game. The second game. Uh, it's hard to remember because uh, it was originally scheduled in the wrong spot. I know. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's and it wasn't on the it wasn't yeah. on the metro calendar. Now that I think about it, oh, over the night, but um, it it it, it got changed because there's a location change. So, I, so yeah, it's on there now. But it, it yeah, there's it, a lot of interesting stuff. But yeah, it's at Fort Dodge this week, and yes, yeah, so that'll be the second time those two teams play. And the key there for East. You know, Fort Dodge was really able to get after that offense, uh, after that defense. So will East be able to slow down Fort Dodge enough, who's scored a lot of points this season? Uh-huh. And offensively, will East cannot have their turnovers at the beginning of the games that they've been having all year. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be interesting for East maybe to rely on their film a little bit from the game in Sergeant Bluff. Yes, the game was played in Sergeant Bluff about five weeks yes. ago, I think <laughs> it was. And- yeah, you are, you are correct. And I think it'll be just interesting for a team to rely on film from a past game against the same opponent because that doesn't happen uh, regularly that the same team plays each other twice in the same football season. So I think that's the uh, most interesting thing for me in that game. Um, North, I think, will will, um, not have much trouble against West. I'll say that very nicely. And Bennington, South (laughs) Sioux, maybe this is another chance for South Sioux to get a win. Uh, you know, to be honest, after last week, uh, the last couple of weeks have just been an absolute debacle for South Sioux. I mean, they could be without Connor Slaughter for this game. Um, they just, they scored the first seven points against Sydney and then they, they gave up 26 straight and a loss to, to a bad Sydney team. Bennington's four and one. So I just, I just do not see this happening against Bennington this year. I, I believe last year's was a one too, but this is obviously a better Bennington team and South Sioux is I don't know. They they've struggled. Actually, they lost seventy two to twenty five to Bennington. Never mind. Year. It was Skyler that they beat forty one nothing. Okay. So, yeah. So I think I was at the Bennington game last year. Now that I think about so, it. So yeah, seventy two to twenty five is what the the game against Bennington was. So yeah, it it, it could be a very rough go at it for for South Sioux this week. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's spread uh, out our web to the Siouxland area now and talk about some of the top games there. I haven't told you this off-air, and I wanted to tell you this for the first time on-air. In Class 2A, 
my first place vote was Central Line George Little Rock because it's just beating the number five team in a shutout in the dominant fashion that they did. I think the Lions deserve that number one spot. And um, here they go again two more weeks to go in the regular season, fine-tune some things going into the playoffs. Uh, Todd, those first – I'll say the first four teams in Class 2A, and I don't want to throw walk-on quite in there yet, but they're getting closer. Williamsburg, Central Line, George Little Rock, West Line, and PCM in no particular order. Those those are the top four teams in Class mm-hmm. 2A right now, and those are four really good teams right yeah. now. So, um, yeah, Central Line was just a dominating victory. I tell you what um, – it wasn't even close in this game either. Central line was up 21 nothing quickly and just never really looked back. They they controlled the clock. Their Sioux Center couldn't do anything defensively against them. Um, Rosenboom played, but he wasn't that effective just because, you know, Central line could key in on him because he was their offense and, and easily shut them down and just dominated. That's a really good Sioux Center defense that Central line put 42 on. So, and it was all aspects. Zach Lutmer is just so good. He's their, He's the quarterback. As Barry Poe said, he's just so fast. Um, he's only a sophomore, too. And they got two other running backs. Kalen Myers is a good running back. Cooper Spees keeps getting more carries, and he's doing well back there. And Kalen's doing a great job on, on defense as well, at linebacker. So it's just they've got the weapons to run the ball. They don't have to pass too much when they do. Cooper Spees is great to swing the ball to him. When he gets out in open space, he's hard to stop. So central line right now, with that defense leading the way and that offense eating up clock, uh, it, it's just tough to see. It, it, they, they, they're just poised for a deep run right now in the playoffs. And like we talked about, I think either last night or earlier this evening, wouldn't it be fun to see Central Lion and OABC actually play against each other? I know there are two different classes. Yes, it would, yeah. In two different yeah. styles, but yeah, that'd be fun uh, to see uh, Central Lion and uh, Central Lion, George Little Rock, and OABC actually uh, play each other. They're both playing well. Sioux Center. What, what do you think Sioux Center does go from here after that loss to the line? That'll be interesting because they've got Unity in, in two weeks, and I, I believe they've got West Lyon this week. So I know West Lyon is probably going to be out without Zach Van Beek, but with that West Lyon defense, how is Sioux Center going to score? They have to find other ways to score outside Zach Rosenboom. I know he's the offense, but they need other weapons because if not, West Lyon's going to do the same thing in key on him, and it's going to be very hard for Sioux Center to score points. And I believe that's going to be the same thing next week against Unity. It'll be hard for them to score against another stout defense. They need to find weapons outside that. Their defense is really good. Yes, this past week didn't show up, but that's a very good central line offense. So we'll see what they do against West Lyon team. That I don't know if Zach Van Beek is going to be back this week. So we'll mm-hmm. see what their defense can do there to slow them down. But Tanner Severinsen's pretty good in that backfield too. Let's move out of class to a district one for a quick second and talk about our Siouxland athlete of the week for a quick second, Jeremy Conk. Of Remsen St. Mary's, um, he's had to take on uh, a bigger a bigger workload too. Like he said in your story, he's been invaluable for the Hawks, and it's shown this year so far for Remsen St. Mary's. Yeah, he's he's been huge for. I mean, uh, Jackson Bunkers, and it kind of gets lost mixed. Everyone looks at Blaine Harp and all, but he's spent time with Jackson Bunkers. But yeah, Jeremy Jeremy Coink has has really been creating that backfield average more than seven yards per carry this year. Um, he's found the end zone 12 times, nine rushing. I'm sorry, eight rushing, three receiving, and a kickoff return for a touchdown. So he's just been very good in that backfield. It started the playoffs last year when he had that 260-yard game against East Mills in the playoffs. So he's running hard. He, he's, he's not 
being, as he put it, he's not being a passionate runner anymore. He's running hard. That's really getting some extra yards from them. And, and, you know, every one of that offense is so good. And he's another huge weapon that teams have to plan for, but they may have to devote a little bit more to him in that run game, the pass. And that's where they can get him in the pass game. So, and on defense, they've really needed him at linebacker um, because they graduated some good defense alignment. So he can also split out in coverage and he's got an interception this season, 16 tackles. And he, He's really good coverage linebacker from what Coach Osterman says. So he's been a key part of that offense at outside linebacker. Because eight-man game, you can get spread out pretty easily yeah. by splitting out those receivers. So he's done a good job there, and he, he's good against the run. So he's been a well-rounded player for that Remsen St. Mary's team, which is 4-0 and has a ton of weapons offensively and defensively. They lost some pieces, but they've still been pretty stout so far with, with Levi Waldschmidt, Jeremy Coink, uh, uh, Xavier Gallus up front. Um, there's, there's a few others. They, they've been a well-rounded defense. They're not getting as much pressure. You know, I mean, they, they did graduate Skylar Walsh. Man. Yeah. He, he had a ton of sacks. But they're getting pressure still, and they're still playing well in the pass. So that coverage with, with, with good rush right there. So Absolutely. Speaking of eight-man, shout-out to Pender. Thanks for the hospitality last Friday night. It was fun to be in a small-town Nebraska for once. And uh, I, I enjoyed myself at Pender and watching a pretty decent, pretty wild, and pretty good football game between Allen and Pender on Friday night. What other Sioux Lane teams, real quick, catch your eye in the penalty well, week of the season? Well, I, you mentioned Allen in their game there. It's the first time that they're 4 0 in a long time. Yeah. So that's good to see there. They've got some good weapons. Uh, you saw Anthony Issam and Kobe come. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're a pretty talented duo right there. Yes, they are. And and Anthony just, I think. I think that's the maybe, I don't want to say smartest backfield I've seen all year, but they knew where to run. They saw the holes, and they just found opportunities to get positive yardage, even when they weren't there. In the first quarter, uh, they admitted that they came out a little lethargic, and I kind of noticed that. And then Pender started getting tired, and that's when Pender, that's when Allen, excuse me, uh, started to ramp things up a little bit, and Pender just couldn't catch up. They tried to by scoring uh, two touchdowns in seven seconds, but Penn, uh, yeah, Kobe Cum and Anthony Isom were really enjoyable to watch on Friday night. They they like to run the football. They're not afraid to run the football, and and they're really humble young men. So it's it was enjoyable to see um, Allen do what they did, and hopefully their momentum uh, keeps going for the remainder of the season. I think they have two weeks left in the regular season too. Um, I don't know the how the Nebraska playoff. Uh, format. It, I don't think it's the same as I was this year, but but hopefully Allen can make a deep playoff run. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, that'd, that'd be nice to see. Um, other teams, Hardington Cedar Catholic, really looked good this past week. Uh, Laurel Concord Coleridge uh, got another got a big win there too. Um, Evan Hayes looked or looked really good out there. Um, uh Woodbury Central lost to Logan Magnolia, but it might have been their best offense performance of the season. Um, 22 points against a very good Logan Magnolia defense, so that's progress right there. Um, that's progress in the loss. Let's see if, if it carries over to this upcoming week. I believe they have Ridgeview. That's uh, a team they should be able to score points against, in, so we'll see if that carries through. Um, Spirit Lake you know, easily handled Okaboji. They're still playing well. Spencer's still playing well. Um, those are two teams to kind of keep an eye out there, too. West Sioux uh, had their game against Hinton canceled. They rescheduled against Elk Point Jefferson, who was receiving votes. 
absolutely handled the handled the Huskies. Did not let them really do anything on the ground. The Huskies had um, about 100, 109 yards of total offense, I believe. Dylan Wiggins looked good um, for Wasu again. That defense out, so that was a big game because Elk Point Jefferson's physical up front and they handled it in this thirty-eight nothing victory. So that was another nice win for Wasu in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So um, you're starting to see the teams come together. You, you'd think you would this time. New Fonda with another nice uh, New Fonda holding off a. A sneaky good Kingsley Pearson team, 32-22. And that's Kingsley Pearson has now played Newell Fonda tight and Montezuma tight. Yeah. They haven't gotten the wins, but they're playing them tight. So that'll be interesting to see where they get placed pod-wise for the playoffs. Um, do they get stuck in with Rums and St. Mary's and Newell Fonda? How does that all go? Do they separate them? That'll be interesting to see. So um, you, have, you have those teams there. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anyone in, in some stuff. West Monona's 3-2. and two. Um, granted I need to see a little bit more out of them, uh, yet. So, um, Sibley O'Cheaton wasn't able to play Emmitsburg this week. They're still three and one. Uh, Hartley Melvin Sanborn is, is three and two. So, uh, so you got some area teams that are doing well. Yeah. This will be, this will be interesting. I think we kind of know what we're each team's at though right now. And, and that'll be interesting to see. Unity, Unity, uh, has been holding their own. So. We'll see where, where it kind of goes for there for some of these teams. Real quick, and we'll, we can touch up on this more a little bit more next week, but do you think the pods, class-wide, not just eight-man-wise, do you think they'll be geographical? Do you think the state will make them more? It's absolutely going to be geographical. They already said it's going to be geographical. They're, it's going to be just like it was for volleyball for basketball the years past. It's going to be exactly like that. And it, everyone kind of knew that coming. If everyone's going to make the playoffs – you can't have teams traveling across the state in the first round, especially in this era of COVID. So it's going to be geographical pods. They're going to try and separate uh, district teams as much as they can, yeah. especially if there's two really good district teams like Central Lion, George Little Rock, and West Lion. So that's why if Sioux Center plunges here, they could end up in a pod against either Central Lion or West Lion if these if these next two weeks don't go well for them. So so that's even more crucial there. So it, it'll be pods. It'll be geographically based, too, for the first two rounds. You're listening to the FCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm Zach James. He's Justin Rush. To make sure to check out SiouxCityJournal.com for all things volleyball, football, cross country, um, swimming even we had in in Thursday's paper. So make sure to check that out at SiouxCityJournal.com. I did want to set aside a couple of minutes for you to talk about night of conflict it looked like a ton of fun uh judging by your tweets and cody goodwin of the des moines register he was there too and his tweets look, look seemed like it was a fun night uh Braden graph of west sioux got a win and sudden victory um mikey baker bo Smith, and jack gockle had tough matches obviously um go ahead and go talk about night of conflict yeah, it was a really great that Sioux City got this event. It was state caliber wrestlers. There's nationally ranked wrestlers here as well from from the country. So um, Alec Martin from Ohio was here wrestling. Robert Avila and absolutely dominated Avila. By the way, he didn't Avila just was just absolutely dominated by Martin. Um, so yeah, it was a huge event for for Sioux City to have with a lot of quality wrestlers here. And it sounded like everyone really liked what the arena did for it too. Uh, the one thing I, I've kind of heard is maybe some you know, next year they want more seating, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if it stays in Sioux City. 
you know, I could see it being in the Tyson Event Center, to be honest. Mm. I think you could fit enough people in there. You get 1,000 to 2,000 people there, I believe, at the Tyson Event Center, and I think that'd be a great event there. Everyone would be able to see it. You could still do VIP stuff down on the floor, down close to the mat. I think it would still work. So I'm just throwing that out there for the city to keep it. But the Tyson Event Center wants to get, get involved in this, to be honest. And you could easily um, social distance if that's still a thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to cross my fingers that that's not a thing by this time next year, I hope. So, um, so yeah, uh, in terms of the area wrestlers, Izzy Deeds from Ridgeview during the girls' night on Friday, she had a very impressive debut with a, with a pin in the second period. Uh, she dominated that match. Morgan Griffin came up with a big pin in the third period in her match. So those were two really nice matches to see. Uh, Griffin finished third last year. I believe she beat a state champ, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. So Izzy Deeds is a freshman. She's going to be huge. So I could see her wrestling for the boys program because you know, they're going to have some holes to fill in that Ridgeview program for wrestling. So maybe she can get a spot up there. In terms of the, uh, of the boys, Braden Graff did not get on his feet as much as he would have liked in the first period. And that kind of led them falling behind. But then, then he gets out. He's able to, to get the points he needs, um, forces sudden victory. You know, I, getting, he got a takedown in the, in the second period, and that really, um, if I'm thinking right, that, or maybe it was the first period. He, he, didn't, he wasn't, as he said, he didn't, Coach Van Hort said he, didn't, he wasn't as good on his feet in the first period as he had hoped. That's kind of the game plan. It didn't quite work. And that's Braden. Braden's a very defensive wrestler. So if he can fix that and work a little more offense, he's, he's just such going to be so tough to beat because Whitehead is a state runner up. So for, for him to get that sudden death vic, or the sudden victory, that was huge because he was the one that dictated the pace in the extra period. And he was the one that got the shot in to get those two points to get the win. So Braden Graff, he can get a little more offense there. He's going to be contending for a state title. That's a kid with two third place finishes already. He's going into his junior season, so he's, he's had a pretty good career already, but you know he wants the gold there too. Yep. Mike, Mikey Baker lost, and he fell behind quickly 4-1. to one. However, he, he was wrestling at 106, 106 pounds last year. He weighed in at 130 pounds on Friday. So that's a, that's a really big jump yeah. for a sophomore right there. It's a different style of wrestling, and, um, and it was taken advantage of right away. So uh, uh, Bryce Parkey from from Linmar is one he went against and, and he got in a quick shot, brought down Mikey got Mikey got loose and then another shot make makes it four to one. But Mikey's kept going. He got better as the match progressed. He started to adjust to the style of wrestling. He lost ten to six, but it could have been he could have been blown out quickly, but he was able to get, you know, within two points twice there. So I, I think that was good for him to see that match now so he knows what he can work on before the season starts. Jack Galco su- suffered a tough loss to Tate uh, Nagaborn. Um, you know, Tate got the early shot in, got the early two points. Jack battled back, and he, he got in a shot in the third period. He got got in there, but Tate's hip control really helped him fend off the shot, and he later got two after a long, minute-long scramble. Um, after the, you know, f- has another disappointing loss for Jack, and and. He had a long talk with Colton uh, McChrystal after the match, and I believe that will help him going forward in the season. He's looking for that first state title. He's got three runner-up finishes. He's just always so close. He, he knows what he needs to work on. He'll be getting in the weight room more. And, and um, for Bo Klingensmith, um, it's a tough match. Bailey Roy Bowles, really good on his feet. A um, little mismatch there for, for Bo, and, and Bo got taken down right away, and, and Bailey later got the pin in the second period. Um, 
Bo hasn't been in the room as much as he wants because he's on the football team just like Jack, so he'll be getting in the weight room more here too and, and working on working on stuff from his feet because he used a little saw on his feet, he said, as well. And that, that's huge against someone like Bailey uh, Roybal, um, who, who was really good on his feet. So uh, Bo will work on that. And it was just a really good, great, great night with a lot of great wrestling. All the matches were really good. Um, you, you just hope that's an event that keeps coming back to Sioux City uh, a year in, year out. Yeah, or even or even consistently makes trips to Sioux City. So. Right, right. I, it seemed like there was a good crowd reaction, and like you shown in one of your tweets on Saturday, Saturday there was even tailgating before the event. Yes, which was. was cool to see, which was cool to see. And and shout out to the arena for the Arena Sports Academy for hosting that event and having such a good facility for having good events like that, and not just in wrestling, but volleyball, basketball, and a whole lot of other things as well as I've seen even in my year plus here, just seeing some really cool stuff come through the arena. I think that'll do it for this edition of the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Make sure to visit SiouxCityJournal.com for a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Pat's podcast, if you missed, those are up online. Uh, Pat's stories, if you missed them. If you want to go reread Metro and Sioux Athletes of the Week this week, feel free to do that. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, we're always available via email at scjsports at stewcityjournal.com. For Sports Editor Justin Rex, this is Assistant Sports Editor Zach James. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.